Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Hey, uh, today we are starting a 10-week series uh, called Unshakable. Y'all say unshakable. unshakable. Now say it like you mean it. Come on, unshakable. unshakable. There we go. That Sadie, good job. Why are we doing Unshakable? You should be in here every week. Come on. We should get volunteers back. Sadie's being here every week. Um, we, wh- why are we doing Unshakable? Well, uh, first of all, we care about you, and we think that, man, this is something that you need to know as a person, as a follower of Jesus, as a dad, as a husband, as a business leader, as a mom. Like, you need to understand this. Why? Because we all go through moments in our life where our world starts to shake. Come on. Do y'all remember covid How much did that shake the world? How much did that shake your home? Not only that, but there's stuff in your life that only you go through. Your marriage might be in trouble and it's shaking right now. Your kids are going through it and it might, you might get shaken. Uh, You might have something good going on. I see the Chetneys back here with a set of weird twins (laughs) because they adopted a kid and then got pregnant and then they're like a few months apart. Like, that shook their world. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was a good thing. But th- there's things in your life that are going to shake your world. And what do you go to? What do you gravitate towards? What do you hold on to when your world starts to shake? What is it? For some of us, it's not great things. For some of us, it is good things. But hey, this series is really a series about the kingdom of God and uh, the kingdom of God. Now, you're not going to find, and you're going to see, by the way, if you just stick with me today, and stick with us through the next few weeks here as we do this, you will see how this impacts your everyday life. This is not some frou-frou theoretical thing. No, this is real, and it's something that you can apply to your life, and I'll show you where you can turn when your world starts to shake. I'll show it to you. You know, there's not a lot of things that biblical scholars agree on 100%. I almost tipped over just now. My word, can you imagine? We'd be on Facebook or YouTube. Um, there's not a lot of things that the Bible, like scholars, actually 100% agree on. Uh, there's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of different ways to translate things. And that doesn't mean that, like, we're all doomed and we don't know what's true. No, there's just, I mean, when you think about when Jesus is going to come back, there's a lot of different people that believe a lot of different things. And a lot of them could be right at the same time because we don't know everything about that. But one thing that scholars actually agree on uh, almost 100% is that the main theme of the New Testament is the kingdom of God. So the main theme of the the New Testament is the kingdom of God, but here's the problem. Most Christians don't know what that means. So if the main message and the main theme of the New Testament, uh, that what Jesus came to do is to set up the kingdom of God, but you and I don't know what that means, we're in trouble. Because God wants us to understand what this concept is. And whenever you finish this series, you will see how it affects your life. You're going to see things differently. You're going to see your Bible different. Uh, you're you're going you're gonna to do your job differently. You're, you're going to see your kids different. You're going to see your family different. You're going to see the world different. 
whenever this is all said and done, because you're going to understand what the kingdom of God is. You're going to understand what he meant when he was talking about. So here is how you can participate in this series. You mind hand me that book, man? Here's how you're going to participate in this series is the first thing you're going to do is you're going to get a guide. Okay, we have these books out in the lobby. They are free to you, okay? So thank you for your generosity uh, of you guys, but also the generosity of the church that made this. They gave it to us as well. But you're going to get a guide. You're going to grab one. They're free. But listen to me. Everyone look at me. They're free, but they're not cheap, okay? They're valuable. Don't let this end up in the backseat of your car. Don't let it end up on your coffee table. Take it and use this as your quiet time over the next two months, and use it. You have my permission. Do that. All right. There's the Bible in here. Okay. So you'll be fine. But use this as your quiet time. Do what's in here. So grab a guide. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to attend the series. You're going to show up here. You're going to listen online. You're going to uh, get the podcast. You're going to get the app and listen to it through the app. Like attend the series. Get here. Make it a priority. You already did it when it was hard to get here. So keep coming back. All right. I promise. If you just give us this like two months here, your life will look different. And then you don't have to come back, okay? But I think you're going to want to stay. And I think you're going to want to see what God continues to do. Also, if you're fasting right now, this looks like a Chipotle burrito. It's not. It's all right. It's a rock leaning on a rock. It's not a burrito as much as you want it to be. It's not. Um, so you're going to get a guide. You're going to attend the series. And the last thing we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask you to gather in a group. So get together with some people. Our groups go live very soon. They actually start. If you're a young adult in here, by the way, you're meeting, like right now, every Monday night. Uh, what time? 7 o'clock at the Chavez's house, which is right around the corner from here, not far. So if you're in here and you're like, that sounds fun, there's people just like you in that group, and we'll connect you after service today, and you can go do that. Boom, baby. There we go. Nice job. So, and what's also awesome about this is our kids are going to be going through this as well. They start in a couple weeks, right? They start next week. So our kids are going to be going through this Unshakable series. So your kids are going to know exactly what you're talking about in their own little world. I'm so excited. Are y'all excited? Do you feel like we're on the on a diving board. We're about to just take a plunge. Come on, I'm excited. All right, so Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 28, that's going to be like our our home base as we get started. It's the foundation of this whole series, but before we understand, we read this verse, we have to understand what's going on. So this, it's important to understand that the Bible was not written like in a vacuum. The people in the Bible were going through things just like you're going through things. They were going through things much worse than what you're going through right now. And they were going through some stuff that was really terrible. And you see, many of the people in the church, they've been mistreated. They've been abused. They've been locked up in prison. They've been like beaten. Like Jesus got beat with the cat of nine tails before he died on the cross for you. Uh, Paul had that done to him multiple times. Like these people suffered for Jesus and the cause of Christianity in these early days. These were those people, but they were going through that, but they were still joyful even when they were publicly beaten, even when they had had their property stolen by the government and by the people that were a part of the Roman Empire. And you have to understand these people were facing difficulty. They were facing pressures. They were facing economic problems. It's not like these Christians 
had a favorable economic uh, situation. No, it was tough. And if people knew you were a Christian, it was even harder. Uh, they had threats. There was political unrest. Come on, y'all know we're stepping into an election season. There's going to be a little political unrest happening probably. They were persecuted. And it wasn't easy to be a Christian, but these Christians were still happy. They were still joyful. So that was going on. Uh, they also had some strange teachings happening. How many of y'all have seen like a TikTok or an Instagram or a YouTube video or something where it's like, Jesus is coming back soon? What does the Russian and Ukraine war mean for the rapture? And you see all this stuff and there's a lot of strange teachings happening. And th there's a lot of strange... You hear people say, I've had a revelation from God that you've never heard before. Well, let me... I've heard of it. It's called Gnosticism. And it's probably heresy is about to come out of their mouth because God has revealed himself to us through the Bible. And if it doesn't match the Bible, it's not from God. And so these people had what were called Judaizers. Judaizers and these were people that... Uh, were they were radical Jews and the Jewish faith, and they held to these customs, but they also kind of wanted one foot in the door of Christianity, one foot in Judaism, and they had some whack beliefs about certain stuff, and they had these people infiltrating them into their culture, trying to tell them, no, you're wrong, you're right. So these people, they had confusing teachings, they had people influencing that, and there was a lot going on. But then we read in Hebrews, we get to chapter 12, and this chapter is all about Jesus. It's all about focusing on Jesus, and it's about not growing tired or not growing weary and following God. And so it's with that context that we read this verse that serves as the foundation for this entire series. It says this, it says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. So since we've received this kingdom that can't be shaken, let us be thankful and check out what our response is, what their response is. And it says, and so worship. Y'all say worship. worship. Come on now. Y'all, there we go. Say worship. worship. There we go. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. You might hear that word worship if you're not familiar uh, with, you know, original Greek language. You might hear that word and go, that's what we did a second ago. We sang three songs. We worshiped. Well, that is a part of worship. But another good word for worship is serve. Like these people said, hey, no matter this stuff going on, I, serve, I, don't, I don't serve this kingdom. I serve the kingdom of God. That kingdom can't be shaken. And my response to this is I'm going to give God everything. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to serve God. And since we're a part of that kingdom, man, we're going to be thankful and we're going to give all we have to everyone else. And, and we're going to give all of ourselves. We're going to go all in. Come on, we're going to serve God and we're going to give our lives to this. That's what they were saying. It's like, hey, this kingdom of God that Jesus talked about, I'm in on that. 100%. I'm in on that. And then it says, we're going to worship acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe. Listen, how many of you know I'm more excited right now about Oasis Church than I've ever been? Why? Because when you're serving the kingdom of God, you don't get less excited. Come on, you get more excited. And so when you start serving God the way God wants you to serve and you serve his kingdom, it turns into, man, I have to come to church today and sit up. No, no, no. I get to show up early when it's four degrees outside and I get to shovel snow. I get to get all these cases. No, it's a get to. I love this. It's amazing. This is awesome. I love being a part of what God's doing. 
That's what happens when you start to serve the kingdom of God, when you start to worship out of response to the kingdom of God. And so we're going to take this week, and we're going to take next week, and we're going to just kind of lay a foundation for us to kind of build off of. And so really, I only have one point this week and one takeaway. It's going to be simple. I typically am like multiple points. They all got to start the same letter. They got to rhyme. They got to do something. Not today. We got one point, one application, because I hate it when I go to a church or something and or I hear someone talk and that sounds good, but I don't know what to do when I leave. You know, like I want you to know what you can do when you leave here. So my main goal is I want to help you see the kingdom of God today in a better way. So if you're with me, say I'm with you. Come on, if you're with me, say I'm with you. I want to show you the difference between the natural kingdom, the natural world, the natural response, the things that we see with our eyes. I want to show you the difference between that kingdom and the kingdom of God and our response in those. And so I'm going to use uh, some compare and contrasting things because I think it's helpful to look at that stuff. But we aren't going to start in some vague place today. Uh, we're, going to the, the, we're going to the horse's mouth. We're going to Jesus himself. What did he say? And we're going to look in the book of Mark. Actually, we're going to be in Mark. Uh, where are we at? Mark chapter something. Where are we? Let's put it up here. Where are we at? No. Yeah, Mark chapter 1. There we go. Thank you. There we go. You got your notes, don't you? See, I wish I had mine up here. Uh, So we're in Mark chapter 1. I love Mark because a lot of the other gospels, they kind of beat around the bush. They have flowery language. They they take a long time to get to where... If if you've ever read like Lord of the Rings or like Tolkien, like it'll spend a chapter describing a tree, you know, and I'm like, what? I love it, but... Let's get to the point sometimes. You know, like that's how a lot of the other gospels are. Mark is, no, no, no. Mark is immediately. He always says immediately, boom, we're getting to the point right now. He gets to the point. It's Mark chapter one, baby, and he's already getting to the point. It says this. It says, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, proclaiming the good news of God. Good news is where we actually get the English word gospel. Y'all say gospel. Come on. Y'all say gospel. Okay. So it was called the good news because in generations leading up to this, the Jewish people were waiting on the savior. They were waiting on the Messiah and they've been waiting for thousands of years for this person to to show up. Well, Jesus showed up and Jesus is like, this is some good news. I am ready to show you that, hey, it's happening. Like right now, it's happening. And they were looking for someone who could come and they could give them this person, this Messiah, excuse me, this Savior could give them a solution. They were looking for someone really outside of religion, outside of, of all the religion. They were, they were looking for someone to come in and to set up like a real kingdom, overthrow the government, and the Jewish people were finally going to have their land back and do all this stuff. But Jesus came in a different way. And because he came in a different way, so many people missed it. Uh, so many people didn't understand what Jesus was doing because they were expecting one thing, and Jesus came this way. But it's still good news. And he came to proclaim the good news. And so I want to tell you today, if you came in here and you're struggling and you feel bound today, come on, God helps you. That's good news. If you came in here and your marriage is struggling, you came to the right place. Why? Because God wants to restore what's broken. That's good news. If you came in here today and man, you have some kid pain and stuff's going on in your family, God cares. God wants to intervene. That's good news. He's still proclaiming even good news today. And he says this, it says, Jesus went to Galilee. Proclaiming the good news of God. And he says, the time has come. It's happening. 
the kingdom of God is near. And so when Jesus talked about the gospel, when Jesus talked about the good news, the gospel, he tied it to the kingdom of God. They're, they're, they go together. And this is so cool. When Jesus uses this word kingdom, he changes everything. It's the first time this word's ever used in the Bible is in this verse right here. When he talks about the kingdom, when you think of a kingdom, you might think of something like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or a Disney movie where like there's a king, he has a region, he has an army, but it's limited. And if you ever watch that kind of stuff, like, you know, these kings got some flaws. Some of them are crazy, right? And, and that's the case. We're reading through the Bible right now, and we're, you know, getting through the Old Testament, and you see these kings are wild, and they're crazy. And they have their kingdom, but it's limited, and it's flawed, and, and they, they have their limitations because of their flaws. Not only that, their kingdom has physical boundaries, like, you can't go outside because then you're going into someone else's kingdom if you go outside of that, right? Like, we think of kingdom like that, but when Jesus uses this word, and everywhere else in the Bible, by the way, whenever it says the word kingdom, it's talking about that kind of kingdom, the one with flaws, the, the one with boundaries, the one, Jesus uses this word, and it unlocks a new meaning, and, and it talks about a different realm. Like, Jesus is not operating in the same realm that you're operating in. His kingdom it goes outside of everything. It's, it's in its own realm. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. It says, hey, this kingdom, this kingdom on a new realm is here. And it's me. I, I'm the king of this kingdom. And he's saying the kingdom is here. It's happening. The good news, the king, they're here. But here's the challenging part. Here's the part that's hard for us. In order to experience that kingdom, it's going to require something of you. So if you're in here and you're like, okay, that sounds good. Clint, you got a kingdom and Jesus, I'm all in. Well, here's the challenging part. To be a part of that kingdom, it says this. Jesus says this. Repent and believe the good news. It, it requires something of you to be a part of this kingdom. You don't just get to walk into this kingdom. No, you have to repent. And you have to go, you know what, God? The way I'm living my life ain't working. I want to live the life that you have for me. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to repent. What does repent mean? A lot of times we get a bad connotation for a word. I think repent is the same way. Repent means to just change your perspective, change your mind. And, and I just want to be really clear. I think this is a huge issue in the South, especially in the Bible Belt, is you're familiar with Jesus. But if you just intellectually have a knowledge of Jesus and you ascribe to Christianity because uh, it seems like it's okay, you like it better than maybe some other religions, and you're like, I like church, it's cool, I don't have a problem with it, but it hasn't changed your life, then I would challenge you to think about, are you following Jesus and the kingdom of God? Because this kind of repentance causes you to change. So if you're in here and you have not, if your life looks no different right now than it did when you gave your life to Jesus, maybe you didn't give your life to Jesus because this kind of kingdom will change you. That kind of repentance will change you. That doesn't mean though that you give your life to Jesus, your life's perfect and all that kind of stuff. No, but there is some fruit. There is some time. Maybe it's been a while and nothing's changed in your life. I would challenge, maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus, but Jesus is saying, if you want to be in my kingdom, you got to change some things. 
You need to repent. You need to turn around. Go a different direction. Your, your direction is not working. Go in my direction because in my kingdom, I'm the king and you follow what the king says. That's how this whole thing works. So I'm going to use the rest of our time here to compare and to contrast what it looks like to have a natural kingdom mindset and then have a mindset of the kingdom of God. So first, there's a natural view. This natural view is before you repent, before you give your life to Jesus, this is how you view things, or maybe you're stuck in this mindset. So here's the natural view. The natural view says, I'm the king, right? Is that up here? It's, a, it's tiny. Good luck looking at that. All right. So it says, I'm the king. Man, this is the narrative of our culture today. I'm the king. You do you. Live your truth. How many of y'all have heard that before? Like, hey, you, you do you, man. Like, you deserve to be happy. You need to be happy. Do whatever you feel like. You're the king. You get to do, we hear that all the time, right? You can do you, man. It doesn't matter if it's going to hurt everyone else, but you can do you. Everybody, and everybody wants to know who's in charge. You know, whenever our kids, like, are out, you know, down in the basement or something, and mom and dad are upstairs hanging out, like, they love to know who's in charge. Can I spank Lucy? You know, like, can, who's it? No, that's not. Like, we all are obsessed with who's in charge because we want to be in charge, right? Like, we want to be. That's why Dwight Schrute in the office is like, I'm in charge when Michael leaves. Like, I'm the assistant regional manager, right? I'm the assistant to the regional manager, right? But we say, I'm the king. And, and we have this, and that's a natural viewpoint. But if you say, I'm the king, the next level is this. I'm the king, so I don't feel safe. So if you say you're the king, eventually it's going to lead to you not feeling safe. Why? Because you know your flaws. You know that you don't make a very good king. You know that there are things that you cannot control that are going to happen to you, and it's going to make you feel unsafe. And if you don't feel safe, then you go to, I need to protect myself. I need to watch out for what's mine. I need to watch out for me. And now I'm worried about my future because I realize like, I have, I got to protect me. I don't feel safe, but I got to have control. And now I'm worried about my future uh, because, oh my gosh, and, and we're going to hit all this in the series, by the way. But worry and anxiety, by the way, ran right now. Many of you in this room, including myself, have trouble with anxiety or you have trouble with depression or worry. Why? It might be because you're trying to be the king in your kingdom and you're playing a role that you were never meant to play. You know, like you're being fed fear all the time. Fear sells. So when you open up a news app or turn on the TV, how many of y'all know you ain't seeing a positive message Hey, look at what this person did. It's like, no, can you believe what Justin Timberlake did to Britney Spears? You know, like that's what you're going to see. And, and why? Because you like it. Oh, if you don't do this, drip your faucets or your house is going to flood and blow up, right? Like you, you're fed this fear. Some of that's not bad stuff, but like you, you're fed this fear. Why? Because fear sells, sells. And now we have our phones and we have access to all this information all the time. So now, and all the information is fear-based. And so you're just getting fear, fear, fear. Here's what's going to happen to you. We like to say that older generations, they had grit, right? Like that man, they were tough. They had grit. No, they didn't know anything back then, right? We know everything now and we're scared of everything. Some of us, man, that's the reason you're so worried is you've been carrying the mantle of being the king of your life and it doesn't lead to a good place because you don't make a good king and you know it. And then after that, we're led to believe that I'm the only one who's going to make this happen. 
So if I'm the king, at some point, the buck stops with you and you got to make it happen. And you start carrying all that weight. You start feeling that, well, I got to provide. I got to work more. I have to do, I got to do what it takes to finish school. And I got to go, 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 go. I got to do, 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 do. I got to work. I got to do this. And all of a sudden, you realize it ain't working out so well for you, being the king. That's the natural view. But then there's the kingdom view. There's the kingdom view. And it all filters through Jesus. And here's what I want you to understand. I want you to hear this today. I want you to get it. Listen to me. Jesus is not just a religious teacher offering information. He's a king with a kingdom. And when we start to filter our lives through the king who's running the kingdom, your life can look different. We have, we've gone through a time of shaking. Last few years, we have gone through a time of shaking. And there's a lot of things that have fallen as a domino effect because of this shaking. But so many of us, when it started to shake, we ran to the wrong thing. And we ran to something else that was shaking. And it knocked us down. It knocked our family down. But I want to do this series to show you that there's a better way. Come on. Is anyone excited to hear that there's a better way to live your life? It's through Jesus. And so when we filter our natural view through Jesus, we have a kingdom view. And that kingdom view says this, I serve the king. I'm not the king. No, no, no. I serve the king. And so what the king says is right. That's right. What the king says is wrong is wrong. What he tells me to do, I'm going to do. Why? Because I serve the king. I serve the king when I'm at work in the boardroom. I serve the king making coffee. Come on, somebody. I serve the king when I'm a nurse. I serve the king when I'm at home with my kids. I serve the king when I'm at school teaching choir. Come on, I serve the king. That's what I do. I serve the king when I'm with my grandparents. I serve the king when I'm fighting bugs. Come on now, we got some exterminators in the house. I serve the king at the bank. Come on, we know the bankers need Jesus. Come on now. I serve the king everywhere I go, right? I serve the king in my house, at church, at work, in the car, when I'm out with my friends, at school, at the ball field. Some of you parents need to hear, you got to serve the king when you're at the ball field, all right? Don't be getting kicked out of little league games, all right? You got to, you serve the king. I'm not the king. I serve the king. That's what I do in the kingdom, and because of that, I serve the king's agenda. And when I serve the king's agenda, the buck doesn't stop with me. It stops with the king. And if that happens, God watches over me in the kingdom. And, and I know that God's prepared my future. My, my, my job is not to dictate or set my future. My job is to follow the king and follow his design for my life. And when I follow, uh, when I know that God's prepared the future for me, I understand that God is guiding me. So if God's going to be guiding me, I have to understand God's in control. I don't have to carry the mantle anymore. I just serve the king. And I know the king has got me. So what does this look like, though? All right, so that's good. That's theory. Here's the application. And we're going to talk about all this stuff in specifics as the weeks go on. But I want to hit a few different things and show you the natural view of that thing and the kingdom view of that thing and things that we all feel and experience. The first one is this, the economy. How many of you have been worried about the economy in the last couple years? Come on, raise your hand. Don't lie. Been worried. I'll, I feel like I'll never own a home. Right? Like I just, I'm, it's, never, it's just not going to happen. I'm going to rent forever. Right? But the economy, the natural view 
is this. It's job uncertainty, market conditions. You feel helpless. You need to act. You got to go work. You got to go do this. I got things. That's the natural view. Well, here's the kingdom view. God is my source. Come on. I'm a good steward who knows God, is generous, and he'll meet all my needs. That's the kingdom view. And you know what? This is not our permanent home as our church, by the way. And I know things can turn for the economy, and I know that things might get tight, but I'm believing that God is our source. And God has a building for us in Jesus' name. Come on, I don't care what the economy says. God has it, and I think God's going to make it happen. All right, so that's the economy. Your, your kids, some of you are struggling in this area. Here's the natural view of the kids, and y'all all thought this, don't lie. All right, here's the natural view. Culture's dark, and it's more challenging than ever for families. Some of y'all almost said amen. I saw it just now. <laughs> and you're not wrong. It's challenging. Here's the kingdom view. God's word is true, and he's active, and he's moving in the lives of young people. Come on. There's people like Miss Sadie and volunteers back there that love your kids every single week. I don't care how dark it is outside of this building spiritually. We're in here, and we're teaching kids about the unshakable kingdom of God, and that truth's going to dig deep into their soul. And when they get out there and it gets dark, they're going to draw upon the things of God that they learned in this church. Come on, somebody. Woo! I'm excited today. Listen, that's the kingdom view. Yes, it might be dark, but your kids ain't getting put in prison for believing in Jesus either. It's dark, but man, God's brighter. His kingdom's brighter. How about this one? Worry and anxiety. Whew. Worry and anxiety. Here's the natural view. I can control it, then I'm going to be safe. Some of That's hitting some of you right now. Your natural view is, I need to control every detail in my life, my kid's life, my husband's life, my wife's life. And if I can do that, I'll be safe. No, you cannot. That's not how this works. It's not how this works. The kingdom view is this. God loves me. And he's still on his throne. So I might be tempted to be worried and anxious about something. And something might be weighing me down. But I have to understand my kingdom view here is... God loves me. God's on his throne. God, I release my spouse to you. God, I release my finances to you. You're a provider. I trust you. That's what some of you are doing during this fast right now, is you are releasing those things to God. And you're starting to feel less stressed and less anxious. You know, God's speaking to me in the fast right now, something specific I'm praying for. But asking for clarity in an area of my life has nothing to do with church. And God brought some clarity. Now, the problem is, I have no idea how I'm going, we're going to make it happen financially. <laughs> but we're going to make it happen financially because God has opened the door. He's shown me a step to take. And now, the rest of the fast, I get to pray, God, you're going to provide. I know you will. God, provide. Please provide. And now I get to see what God does in the meantime. It's going to be awesome. Now, I just want you to think for a second. What is something that you've had a natural view of, that you've not been filtering through Jesus and into the kingdom view of things. How can you bring that natural view into the kingdom realm? How can you bring that thing into God's kingdom where there is good news for you? It might cause you to repent and change your mind about something and change the direction you're going with this thing. But what better way to live your life? There's not a better way to live your life. So get real. I want you to think for a second. What have I had a natural view of? 
And how can I take it from this natural view, filter through Jesus, and get it to a kingdom view? I want you to think about it. Some of you are going through a lot. Lots happening right now. It's imperative that we have a kingdom view when we do this. I want you to bow your heads and just close your eyes for a second as we wrap up today. You know, um, you know, maybe some of you, the step you need to take today is to just say yes in being a part of God's family. And your whole life is marked because you've been trying to live life your way. Or maybe when I was talking a second ago, you may have prayed a prayer a long time ago, but your life looks no different. And maybe today it's, it's truly time for you to repent and start f- actually following Jesus and start cha- and letting God start to change some things in your life. And today you want to, come on, you're, you're making the decision to say, hey, I'm stepping into the family of God today. I want to make Jesus the king of my life. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to do that. If that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. No one's looking but me. All right, and on the count of three, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for today. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. That's what you want to do. All right, put your hand down. And you can just say this prayer in your heart. There's nothing magical about the words of the prayer. It's the posture of your heart. Say, dear God, I need you. Would you come into my life? I repent, I turn away, I turn towards you, I make you the king of my life, and in the best way I know how, I live for you, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. If you're in here today and you would say, Clint, I am having trouble, I have been seeing things with a natural view. And would you just pray that I start seeing things with a kingdom view? If that's you, just lift your hand in this place. Come on. Get real in here. Let's go. There we go. God, I pray for these people holding their hands up right now. God, would you help them see the kingdom view? God, would you help them see things the way that you've actually intended for them to see? God, would you help them right now? Would you meet them where they are? God, would you begin to do the thing that only you can do? God, I pray that they would even repent maybe from some things in their seat right now and they would start following you. God, we love you. We're excited about what this is headed in the next few weeks and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand in this place.